And Barnes hits one high. Hits it deep. It is out of here. 7.56. Barnes stands alone. Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for eight. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo. What a block from Giannis. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Remaining. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up. It's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown. We're set it in, Jerome. That's for damn sure. Yes, sir. We're back. Welcome to the Taproom Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Let's join with my man, Mr. Raider Eddie. What's going on, Eddie? Not much, man. Just chilling. Another day in paradise. You know, glad to be on the show. Not ready to get talking about uh, tonight's uh, tonight's game. Hell yeah, man. I could see you're not having a great night, though. Uh, it wasn't. It was all right. It wasn't the uh, obviously not the result you wanted, but uh, at least the I didn't feel like the Warriors lost. Like let the uh, Celtics win the game. Like game one did. Celtics went out and won this game. Like that was that wasn't uh, the issue. I fucking hate Scott Foster, though, dude. Like, <laughs> hold, hold, on, hold on. Before we get to the game, I do have to mention we are being brought to you by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to get up except when you have to sign for the package. So make sure to do that. Use promo code TAPROOM, $10 off. Eddie. Let's talk about game one because obviously we're coming right off it. This is heat of the moment. You're a Warriors fan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell me your your thoughts on uh, game three here and we'll we'll kind of we'll talk we'll go through this. So I mean the game kind of went as typical game threes go, I feel like. Like every time it's game three, right? The home team has that first quarter outburst. Being at home, especially being one-to-one, right? So they went home and they went on the road to care of business. Fans are going to be crazy. And the Celtics came out in the first quarter and jumped out to that 15-point lead early. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the opposite of as the the road team that you can allow. You can't allow that 15-point lead. You got to keep try to keep it close, like 8 to 10, because they're going to have that spurt. Third quarter, typical third quarter. You know, if you're not betting Warriors third quarter by this point, like, I don't know why you're not taking the free money. Um, But fourth quarter comes around. That third quarter took all all the gas out of the Warriors. Celtics hit some shots, uh, won the game, right? I mentioned earlier about Scott Foster. Like, it's not good when you know an official's name. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like in any sport, you know what I'm saying? In any sport, it's not good when you know the official's name. And Scott, they purposely bring Foster in in like game threes, game fours to kind of mellow out the series, right? Because he doesn't care if he's calling, you know, he's going to call the game to do exactly that, especially after what happened in game two. So you have to expect that coming. But I mean, at the end of the day, the Celtics got. Most of the loose balls, right? They were the more aggressive team uh, going to the basket. 
Uh, and it took the Warriors two like a full half to figure out that they just need to sw- get Al Horford up at the top of the key, and then they can do pretty much whatever they want. It took way too long. They were able to take advantage yeah, of that in the third took, quarter, but then, then they, they took, took Horford out. out. Yeah, yeah, they took Horford out, and that was and then they were kind of like, oh well, there goes our game plan. And Robert Williams played a great game. I think he was the uh, most underrated player in that game. Plus, I mean, how many times is Marcus Smart going to go off for twenty five like that, dude? I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, again, Marcus Smart scored twenty five, but he wasn't good. You know, he had a ton of turnovers, a ton of bad yeah. turnovers too, like really bad turnovers. Like he's the, I feel like he's the reason the Warriors got back in it. Yeah, at, he was, dude. Quarter. He had like three turnovers. He had three terrible turnovers, dude. Like, right. One of them, he literally jumps in the air and like he has he nowhere to throw right the to ball. Like you might as well just throw it out of bounds, dude. You know what I mean? Like right. at least you could set your defense. But he literally threw it like twenty five feet back. Wiggins gets it and fucking they get a layup. I mean, those are the kind of turnovers that cost them right. game two. And it almost cost them in game three here, but they were actually able to kind of settle down. I mean, this has been my, this has been what I've been saying about the Celtics all fucking playoffs, dude, is they're like Jekyll and Hyde. They play some really great, phenomenal basketball. And then they have these periods where they just play the dumbest fucking basketball you've ever seen. And it's like unexplainable, dude. It's like how, well, it is explainable. They don't have a true point guard. That's their biggest problem. So when it comes right. to like controlling the game and controlling tempo, they don't have that guy that can like settle down an offense and get Jason Tatum into a good set to get him a good shot or Jalen Brown into a good shot. Instead, it's Jason Tatum making the decision. He's like he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he's he's not LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a decision maker, dude. He, yeah, he he's not a facilitator. Be. Like they need that that kind of guy there. So I mean that's that's the biggest issue about the Celtics, but I mean, in this game, I think you said it like Robert Williams was huge in this game. In game two, he like he could barely run to half court. He looked fucking complete hobbled. He's been playing on a bad knee all playoffs. Right. Um, and Al Horford, he is good, and like the Celtics do need him. But you're right, like they were getting him into that pick and roll. He was playing the drop coverage. They got to switch. You know what I mean? And like let. Al Horford guard Curry in space because at least you can let whoever's guarding Curry try to fight over the screen if you hedge the screen, right. um, and then if he do, if they aren't able to fight, then he just switches onto him real quick. You know what I mean? But yeah, like I'm, just, I'm curious to see the adjustments going into Game Four because obviously they can't allow that to happen, right? Um, and if the like what they got in the fourth quarter, what became successful is one, the Warriors started to turn the ball over in the fourth quarter, but I feel like they used so much energy to come back in that third quarter. Yep. It was kind of, you kind of saw the writing on the wall, right? Because well, their de- what happens. It wasn't even function. offense though. It was really it was their, the defense. their defense. They couldn't play defense because they kept getting the switches onto pool and Curry and just kept attacking and going straight at the basket. Even clay, they were attacking, because nobody mm. could stay in front of anyone except for Andrew Wiggins. At some point, if you're Steve Kerr, do you make the decision to bring Kuminga onto the floor to give you some more athleticism? I bet you he plays game four. I I almost guarantee that he'll play game four. Um, and I would actually take Jordan Poole and sit his fucking ass on the bench, dude. Like, I'm tired of seeing him dribble around for 30 minutes uh, possession and then fucking jump in the air, turn it over. Like he's not scoring, so why have him on the floor? Like he's not—he's not a good defender. He's not a really a good facilitator. Like yes, he has flashy passes, so what but do you do it's with only Draymond? after he sets up something, right? 
right? Like he can't run in the flow of the offense. Uh, this is like another level for Jordan Poole to learn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's not that guy yet. Maybe in a couple of years he can be. Uh, but this is like a big time, like when they're locking you down, like when they are focusing on you, what happens? And this is what you're seeing. So I would prefer actually if Jordan Poole sat on the bench, maybe came in later in the game because they subbed him in with like six minutes to go in the first quarter or five minutes to go somewhere around that like range. Less than that. It was like three minutes to go. Yeah. But like they subbed them in when offense wasn't the problem. That was the, my biggest issue with it. Like they subbed them in when they needed to make stops, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I thought actually Kaminga would play a little bit more tonight, but I bet you he plays more game game four. And like when they come in, like the pro- they don't have to like be a facilitator on offense, just cut to the basket. You know what I'm saying? That's when he's at his best. So, um, be interesting to see because usually game four is the game that Kerr makes the adjustments, right? Like well, he made a lot of adjustments after game one. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, also too after game one, they just kind of let Draymond kind of be a bully, right? And then the Celtics didn't really have an answer for it, and they're more prepared being at home for game three. Um, but game four should be like an even playing field. You know what I mean? Like usually, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way, but or what the numbers say, but I do feel like game three typically goes to the home team in an even series, not in like these lopsided series where, you know, one team's way better, but like game three, I feel like is typically uh-huh. the home team's game. I mean, I feel like, I, I mean, I, that's probably true on most cases, but I feel a big part of this series was like, I mean, you said it, like, Draymond in game two, like, he was a bully, dude, and the refs kind of let it go. Like, he very well could have been ejected in that game in the first half. You know what I mean? Like, that was a 50-50 flagrant call. They didn't call it. Game two, the Warriors were down 0-1. Like, I'm I'm cool with that. Like, we don't need to get – we don't need to eject an important player for something like that. Right. But they had been ejecting guys for – or calling flagrants for less throughout the playoffs, right? So Draymond right. obviously had a target on his back heading into this game, right? I agree. And I agree. That's why I said on the show last night, I was like, bro, if there's a book out there that would give me odds on Draymond Green getting fouled out or Draymond Green getting ejected, I would absolutely take that bet because yeah, he and- has a target on his back. <laughs> Too bad we don't have Barstool in Nevada, dude. We don't. That's the dumbest sports book in the world. Yeah, if you have Barstool wherever you are, you should only be betting there because they give you the fucking greatest odds for the dumbest things. Dude. They they were giving out free money, dude. Yeah. But 100%. with that being said, like that also affected the handicap. So like I, I felt like that was going to happen to Draymond, right? And... It not only happened to Draymond, but it kind of happened to Steph, too. Like, they called him for some ticky-tack fouls in the beginning, too. Yep. Got him into foul trouble. Didn't really affect him, but... Um, no, he's He's got to be, in my opinion, he's the best player in the league with fouls. Like, I feel like he gets into foul trouble early. Now, he seems to be handle it well. So, I wasn't too concerned. Like, they were making a big deal about it on the broadcast when he had three fouls in early in the second quarter or whatever. Uh, but he, he does that a lot, to be honest with you. He plays... He plays too handsy in the in the first half of games and then kind of settles down after that. But, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, dude, I feel like the Celtics just won the game. Like, the one thing the Warriors can't do is they can't allow the other guys to score and, to, like, get into the rhythm of the game. Um, they – I mean, I, in my opinion, the best defense they should play is letting going one on one against Tatum, and then fucking let him miss fucking fourteen shots every game or seventeen shots that it was tonight. Like the dude's a volume shooter, 
right? I mean, yeah, he had whatever, 20-something points, but he took 17 or what was it, 20? How many shots did he take? 26 shots tonight, I think. Like, yeah, I mean, he's going to he's gonna take his shots, but he's also, most of the time, he's going to hit a majority of his shots. I mean, not right now. He hasn't hit over 50% or even close to 50% in the finals yet yeah. in these three games. So, well, I mean, for the um, Celtics. I would so- just allow him to do his thing, dude. I mean, they were trying to, though. They were trying. The difference is is that before, in game two, the Celtics were driving to kick. They were driving to pass. They were driving to attract fouls. Tonight, they were driving to score. And that was the biggest difference, in my opinion, was that, you know, in game two, you could see the the Warriors were kind of letting them drive because they weren't threatened by them attacking the rim. They were literally looking for them to kick. They started to do the same thing tonight in the first half, and that's why the Celtics went up big was because the Celtics were getting a ton of shots at the rim because the, the Warriors weren't collapsing their defense. They were like, okay, like these guys are going to drive to to kick, so we're we're not going to fucking collapse the defense. Like We're just going to let them drive. And they were attacking the rim, and they were scoring. That was the biggest difference. They get up to the lead, and then the Warriors kind of adjusted a little bit, started playing them for the pass. That's why Marcus Smart threw a bunch of dumb passes because – he was going up for the score, but he was attracted by three defenders. And then by the time he goes up, he doesn't know what the fuck he wants to do with the ball. So he, like, turns it over. But towards the end, Jason Tatum kind of figured it out. And he was like, look, I'm going to attack the score. But the second they collapse the defense and give me three defenders, I'm kicking it out to the closest fucking the closest shot. And that's when Marcus Smart hit that big three, wide open corner three, because Jason Tatum attracted three defenders. So in that aspect, the Warriors, that's where I think the athleticism comes into play, though, Eddie, because I think if, like, they didn't have a ton of athletic wings on the floor that could, like, make up ground for that kind of that kind of action on the offensive side. Like, Clay, as much as we want to say he's back and stuff, like, he's not the same guy he once was. No, no, and to expect him to be is ridiculous, to be honest with you, like, like he was most effective in game two when he, I mean, he didn't score well in game two, he was, but he like scored defensively well affected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a given, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he's going to hit his shots. Like it's not a big deal when Clay has an off night. Cause you know, it's coming, but he's had a lot like, of defense in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And again, he's played how I, like what 30 games since you know missing two and a half years three years but that's the thing is like before you knew you were getting if clay had a bad shooting night which he would have you know you were getting elite defense right he doesn't have that now so it's when you don't get the offense you're basically fucked yeah they gotta figure out the defense like they're they just got to figure out the defense where they're going to place guys, right? And I think they keep trying to mix and match things from game to game. Because um, uh, game one, you know, they put Clay on Jalen Brown. That didn't work. Uh, and then game two, they switched Draymond uh, over to Jalen Brown. And that worked for the most part after the first quarter. Uh, and then, but for the rest of the game, he kind of shut him down. And they moved Clay actually over to Al Horford, which yeah. shut him down because he can keep up with Al Horford. He's a little slower. And Horford doesn't go to the basket really. Well, that's um, what Horford was doing today, though. He was going to the basket. Yeah. And then, so then tonight, they tried the whole Jalen Brown on Draymond thing, but then the fucking Celtics were going down low because we didn't have anybody down low. So they had to make that adjustment. But Jalen Brown scores in the first half and then disappears the rest of the game. Well, like, he, that's he disappeared kind of for good reason MO. in the second half. Cause they, What's that? Well, the, the second half today, they were like 
they keyed on him because he dropped almost 20 points in the first Yeah, he half. scored 22 in the first, and even game two, he scored, like, what, 17 in the first, and then yeah. he ended up with 20. So, like, he doesn't, like, I feel like he gets insanely hot for, like, a stretch, right? And in game one, he got insanely hot in the fourth quarter. So, like, it's just a matter of, like, when is he going to get hot? Uh, but then, you know, he kind of, like, will disappear for some moments of the game. But, you know, I, I said before the series that this is going to be 2-2 going back to uh, Golden State. I still feel that way. It's a must I also win. feel like the it's going to be win-loss, win-loss, you know what I'm saying, pretty consistently. And if that's the case, then the Celtics are going to win the series. But uh, at some point, a team's got to win two in a row. Uh, we got to wait and see what happened with Steph, though. That's going to be big. Yeah, he didn't look very uh, – he looked a little hobbled. But, I mean, honestly, looking at game four, like this is a must-win, in my opinion, for the Warriors because oh, – Of course. You know, I, you know, I'm not a Warriors fan, so I don't have any biases, and I – you know, I watched the Celtics beat the Bucks, and as a Bucks fan, I literally said the one team I did not want to face in the East was the Celtics. I didn't, I wasn't concerned about any other team in the East except for the Celtics. And obviously, we play them with a hurt Chris Middleton. Um, but you know, we took them to seven games. But watching that team defensively, I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, if Giannis wasn't Superman, dog, we would have got swept. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they swept the shit out of KD. Who's one of the best players yeah. in the world? So I, yeah, no, they play good. Like they're a good defensive team. You know what I'm saying? Like their only they weakness get, is they fucking don't have a point guard, and they get into right, these and they goals. get extremely hot. That's why, like, fucking, oh, they've been hot like, all playoffs, dude. I mean, it's very uh, what's it called? Game to game. You know they what I'm saying? Like they game get two, good they looks. So game one and game three, they were so they get good looks because they they force so many turnovers, dude. That it allows them to get offense without the defense set up. And because mm. they can space the floor, like they can play a lineup with Horford, Grant Williams, who can both shoot the three. They can literally have five guys that shoot the three at a respectable percentage where you have to respect them. You know what I mean? Like you can't just like leave them wide open. You know, the Warriors did that in the second half of game one and it fucking killed them, dude. You know, they kind of clamped down in game one, but the Celtics turned the ball over fucking 19 times. The Celtics held the Warriors to 107 points and lost the game. You know what I mean? Right. Game three, a little bit different. You know, the Celtics kind of adjusted. I do think that they had a little bit of, you know, officiating advantage after what happened in game two, plus home court cooking. So right. I think game four, this is a must win if you're a Warriors backer or you, you're you a Warriors, or if you're the Warriors. Like, you have to win this game. You have to go out like you need this game. Yeah, and, like, if they win game four, then, like, all's forgiven, right? It's, like, not – it's just – this is where it was supposed to be. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, you said, like, if they go down 3-1. Well, then Boston still has home court. You know what I mean? Like, right. if they can take game four, they take back home court advantage. And the Warriors right. are great at home. So, in my opinion, it's a must win. Yeah, I agree. They have that game four is the most important game of the year. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be interesting to see, like, the – again, I – I think Kaminga's got to play. That's my uh, maybe my assessment of the game, you know. Um, and like Andre Godala, like there's no reason to even bring him in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like uh, he's, talking, oh, like he's gonna, gonna play. play. Like, no, he's not. <laughs> like we don't need him to play. He's better as a coach on the bench. Uh, 
And I think, too, the other thing that the Celtics did pretty well tonight is they took advantage of GP2's aggressiveness. Like, he was flying it towards the ball every time, dude, because he's trying to cover, like, three guys out there at the same time. Um, he just needs to settle down and, like, play his area. You know what I mean? He doesn't need to try to cover the entire left wing. Just, you know, guard your guy. Because he was – Marcus Smart was getting some shots on him because he was trying to uh, – what's it called? Run to the corner and then run back to the fucking – to the pose. It just wasn't working out. So, to settle the guys down, I think you need some more athleticism. Because uh, if you get more athleticism, too, that they can't keep Horford and Williams on the floor at the same time. And that's the key. That's what helped them in game two. I feel you. All right, well, let's move on to uh, the NHL um... – so we got NHL Eastern Conference Game Five, Rangers versus the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. Uh, Rangers win games one and two, lose mm. games three and four when it goes back to Tampa. So the home team has right. won every game in this this uh, this a uh, this uh, series, and uh, you know this is a. Uh, Similar to what happened last series between the Rangers and uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, it's very similar. And now we have what's what's the line out right now? I think it's Rangers minus. Like oh, the one. Rangers are dogs. So are they really? Yeah, I can't believe that. I saw I saw the line earlier, dude. Let me see. Where are we? Uh... I got you. Uh, we got rain. Oh, Rangers plus one ten. Yeah, Lightning minus one thirty. I can't believe they're dog at home. I feel like you have to hammer that. Yeah, I feel like that's the case too. Because I, I like I was telling Ben last night. I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm a bet game five because, in my opinion, you know, game three with the Rangers being up to nothing and then losing that game, giving up three straight goals. I feel like that was a momentum breaker with all the momentum they had built up. And then game four, they lost four to one, and they basically like got dominated that entire game. Oh yeah, I mean that was kind of I kind of knew that was coming. You know what I'm saying? Like when you lose a game with 40 seconds to go, right? Like we saw with Florida when they lost game two with 14 or 12 seconds to go against Tampa. You know what I mean? Like you just can't. It's hard to recover from that, dude. And the Rangers technically are like a pretty young team still. You know, yep. so they are. It, they are I, a young team. Yeah, and I and I you know I like the Rangers squad. I think they fly around the puck, and that first ten minutes is going to be crucial because I think they're going to get a goal early. So if you can, if there's like those, you know, they have those first ten minute goals or whatever bets. I think that'd be a good one to hammer because it seems like the Rangers they're going to be flying. You I know, think especially you, after losing four one. If you think the Rangers are going to win, I think that's a good bet. But that's the thing is like the Rangers have been very great at home, right? So mm-hmm. you know, conventional logic would tell you bet the Rangers. However. Tampa Bay is a Stanley Cup championship caliber team. Like this, oh is a, for sure, they won two cups in a row, and now they have all the momentum, dude. And not only that, but I feel like they gave Vasilevsky like a ton of confidence after Game Two because he was. I mean, they weren't even shooting good shots; they were really just throwing garbage on the fucking net. But I mean, you look at this, and I just feel like the momentum has completely switched. So if I was going to bet a team. It would probably be Tampa Bay. However, like I'm not going to take those odds, which is right. why, in my opinion, this is a stay away game. Maybe I'll bet the Rangers. I don't know yet. Yeah, I think I might bet props more than I would bet uh, the game itself. Because if you look at it, Tampa Bay has given up what one goal in the last five periods. Yep, essentially, right? So 
not only is, you know, the goaltending getting hot, but now their defense figures something out. You know what I mean? Like they weren't getting the Rangers weren't getting those open looks that they were before. Like, even though like, I feel like I feel like Tampa Bay was cl- almost screening their own goalie pretty much the whole series, trying to block shots because that's what worked so well in the series past. Yep. And now it almost feels like they're pressing with their defenders, making sure that the Rangers can't get deep in the zone. And that's been working to their benefit. It's almost like a. They do like a three-two, but they reverse, right? Yeah. So when the when the play comes in the zone, the forwards will move back to cover anything that goes behind the net. The defenders will come up, bam! If I can impact them at the red line, uh, try to take the puck away early. Yeah. That seems to be working. Where's the adjustment? The Rangers are going to be the only adjustment for that. You dump it and run, dude. Right? You got to fucking flip the puck into the opposite corner, get someone in there. That's the only way to really slow that down. So, uh, be interesting. Because that's the that's the adjustment I'm looking for, yeah. and if the Rangers can do that, I think they can get Tampa Bay early, like I just kind of mentioned. Um, but I've been betting Tampa Bay to win this series after, you know, pretty much the whole series. So after Game One, I hit it; it was at plus one twenty. After Game Two, I hit it again; it was plus two hundred. After Game Three, I hit it again; after it was plus one forty. And now it's like I think it's even. So I didn't; I kind of stayed away from it now. So I really hope Tampa Bay wins, but. <laughs> But I mean, if I'm the Rangers, that's the adjustment I make. You know what I mean? Now I'm also the guy sitting here in an eyelash room. So whatever they do, uh, you know what I mean? Like whatever they figure out, that's going to be good for them. But like, that's the adjustment I see. And that's the thing that I think we'll see coming in. And also, if that's the strategy, we're going to see a lower scoring game. <laughs> Fucking dead, dude. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Like, I got I to gotta put a. I didn't even hear the last part of what you said because I was too busy laughing. <laughs> Just say it. It's gonna be. I think it's a lower scoring game. I think the under is actually where I'm going to play, even at five and a half. Uh, but again, the under is minus one forty, so yeah, maybe yeah. I don't mess with that either because I think the books kind of see the same thing I do going into under. game five. Yeah, it's not even worth it almost, but right. Yeah, I, I mean, you can parlay like if whoever you think is going to win the game and parlay it with the under. But like, I think this is more of a game that you. Wait and bet in game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I can see that too. Um, Yeah. So I think we're both in the same position. This is a tough game to really gauge because of how mm-hmm. this series has gone. Uh, bef- Before we get to best bet. So I got to say Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, 14 losses in a row now get swept by the Boston Red Sox. Or actually, I think they have a day game tomorrow. I think it's a four game series. Uh, but still, unreal, I mean, dude. Fire Joe Madden. So after last time we talked, it was definitely his fault. Oh yeah, totally, dude. Because they've they've done such a great job. Well, I mean, dude, this is like this. This is unimagined. Like you can't even make this up, bro. Because you know they give up two times in this series. They only give up one run and they lose because they can't score a run. Right. Yesterday they're up five to three and their bullpen can't hold a lead. <laughs> I mean, this yeah, is it's a, sometimes this time. Yeah, sometimes like no matter what you do, you know what I'm saying, you're just gonna lose. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, they fucking stink, and it couldn't happen to a better franchise, dude. That franchise is annoying. You got a stupid ass monkey as your fucking like mascot. Go fuck yourself. Dude. Nah, it's it's comedy, dude. At this point, it's like literally you can't even write how this is going for the Angels. We talked about this last week, but I mean uh, last time on Monday, but. They still haven't got a win. When do we think their first win is going to come? Well, I think Otani's pitching tomorrow, isn't he? And they're probably still going to lose. Who are they playing? 
Boston. Boston still? still. Yeah, he still got Boston. Boston's probably gonna tee off on him, dude. I, 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 yeah, dude. He Otani's does one of those guys him. that either lights out or he gets shelled. Like, there's no like in between. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have quote unquote quality starts. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just gets lit up or he fucking is lights out. So I don't really like to bet on Otani games. They're fucking. They're yeah, traps, in my opinion. They lost one nothing today. Unbelievable. It's twice in three days they lost one nothing. <laughs> dude, it's oh like fourteen it's like, in a row. Um, by the way, if you're listening to this, we do have a petition out uh, to get Mike Trout out of out of uh, Anaheim. Please. So go to my Twitter at Jordan Rules TSP. The petition is there. I'm gonna pin it to my Twitter to the top of the feed so y'all can sign it. Because we need to get Mike Trout out of here, just not to the Yankees. So I should have yes. added that dialogue in there. <laughs> but, you know, I'll take him out just so we can see him in the postseason. Fucking, we only seen him once, dude. We got to see him again, Eddie. Dude, that's this is the problem with baseball, dude. Like, how do you have a player who's been so excited? Like, we know it because we watch him every year, right? Because we watch A's and Angels games all the time. But, like, the average baseball fan in, like, Cincinnati knows the name Mike Trout, but they've probably only seen him play on, a, on highlights. You know yep. what I mean? Like, instead, we're showing the fucking Yankees and the Red Sox every Sunday night when you should be showing the fucking Angels, dude. You should be showing Mike Trout and, like, the, your star players. Baseball is the worst at, like, well, showing off their talent. I think a big part of that is that Mike Trout's, like, pretty – he's pretty quiet. I just pinned, yeah. it, I just pinned it to my uh, – top of my Twitter profile. But uh, Mike Trout, Mike Trout's pretty quiet as a, um, like as a individual, so he's really hard to market. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because like, in my opinion, like Ben and I talked about this last year. I was like, dude, if I was Major League Baseball, the guy I would be fucking hyping up is Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh yeah, he's exciting to watch, but he's hurt. <laughs> you know, he's hurt all the time. Year, so it's it's tough, and uh, you know they got. I think Major League Baseball is growing, dude. I think it's becoming a much more popular game. I think the game is much more fun to watch this year because there's less home runs. So we're seeing teams try to fucking put the ball in play a lot more. And especially recently, dude, like we're seeing a ton of overs hit. And it's not because of home runs. It's because teams are fucking getting guys on base, moving, you know, getting guys in action, whether it's stealing or hitting with a runner on it's exciting, dude. Like, this is what baseball is supposed to be. Yeah, it's when the game's fun, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, there's I mean, a, there was a time when, like, there's are... action on every pitch. Yeah, but, I mean, you like, the I mean? 90s were the best, and, like, home runs were, like, a out of control. Well, yeah, like, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, like, you know, that's why, like, all the old heads, they love the game because back in their day, it was a lot more about hit and run, situational hitting, yeah. uh, bunting guys over, grinding out for a run. You know what I mean? Like, a run was important back in the day. Now, well, no, it's becoming you know I mean? more like that. It's becoming much more like that. But hitters are becoming so good, dude, that it's it's crazy, bro. Right. And I, I just want the shift to go away, dude. Like, it's going away. I know. Next year, it'll be gone. But, like. I always thought that my idea of just you have to have two players on each side of second base was like a good idea. I mean, some teams even still are they're they're actually playing the shift a little bit less because it uh 
the shift sometimes, you know, you can be late on a fastball as a left-handed hitter and smack it the oh, other yeah. way for fucking a triple, dude, because there's right, no one over right. there. So it's right. like... What's up with this four outfielders thing now, too, dude? Like, that's... Well, that's the, that's the issue is because you have guys that, like, literally can rope it, like Joey Gallo. And this is why I feel bad for Joey Gallo, dude. And, like, he hits the ball extremely hard. Like, his exit velocity is, like, 110. You know what I mean? So it's like every time he hits it, he's roping it, dog. So he's right. roping it gap uh, to the gap or over the fucking fence. So when they put four outfielders against him, it's way more difficult. They're daring right. him to just bunt. But, like, if you just. That's not what he's paid to do. Yeah. That in like, you, you just can't bunt every time. Like, what are you going to do when runners are in position? Bunt? For right. what, dude? Someone's going to get out. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I agree. That's why, like, I don't know. Once they get rid of the shift, it might it'll improve the offense a little bit. But like, I'd also like to see pitchers pitch more than fucking three and a third, and then be like heralded as having a great start. Well, I mean, that's uh, the thing. Maybe dude, that's like, a little old school, but Eddie fucking bullpen is becoming so much more important. Whereas, like before, your bullpen was like your worst pitchers. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I know. But like, I just think the days of like a starter going seven or. Obviously, they're long gone, but... Well, not be- if you can get a starter, go seven. The The issue is is that now, when guys see guys a third time through the order, they get knocked around. It's not that guys can't go deep. It's just that by the time they get around to the third the third time around, they're getting fucking blasted. So the, the issue, if you can get a guy that can go seven innings, like, that's a fucking stud, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a different game, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like one of the old heads over here saying, like, I wish it was like this, and I would, like, don't get me wrong, I love the home run and everything, but, like, let's make fucking baseball, like, 1995 again. Yeah, so home runs galore, dude. Not 95. That was more like 98. No, it was, like, in the 90s and shit. That's when the A's and the fucking Giants started fucking... Well, they started doing it in the 80s, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. We started raking. But that's... They're like, hey, here's your contract. Here you go. Welcome to the bigs. Oh, yeah, here's your needle. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, dude, pretty much. All right, let's get some best bets for the people for tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Thursday, June 9th. Let's get some tickets. Let's head to the window. Let's cash these motherfuckers. Eddie, what's your best bet? Yeah, I got one for tomorrow. It's the uh, Braves minus one forty. We're talking run line. The Braves, the Atlanta. I know against against the A's. No, no, no. the Braves are now playing the uh, Pirates. Oh, we only had a two game set against them. Yeah, luckily. So, yeah, they're going against Pittsburgh. JT Brubaker's pitching for uh, Pittsburgh 0 5 at the 4 7 ERA. Uh, kind of like a bad luck uh, run that he's had. And I think that continues. Plus, the Braves just played the A, so they got hot offensively. They put up 13 today. You know what I'm saying? They're starting to rake a little bit. So, uh, I'm definitely taking the Braves minus the one and a half run line. I think that's uh, just looking at it now. And I'm, again, I would take, you know, anyone against the angels so uh, <laughs> red Sox going with nick pavetta against shoya tani i'll take the fucking red Sox money line you get plus 120 on that right now that's actually pretty good value yeah. uh i got a best bet for tomorrow so i'm staying away from the hockey game like i said i'm gonna take that in game um but i like the chicago white Sox first five money line against the dodgers 
And the Dodgers is sending Tyler Anderson to the mound. And he's been great this season. 2.59 ERA. But he does sport a 3.55 XFIP. And the White Sox are first in MLB and WRC Plus versus left-handed pitching with 133. Dylan Cease has a 3.39 ERA with a 3.28 XFIP. So you expect a... His uh, ERA is not as bad as, or I mean, his uh, ERA isn't as bad as the numbers suggest. And really, his ERA is affected by two starts, and that's first the Red Sox and the Yankees. Uh, he doesn't get a, uh, I'm sorry, Dylan Cease does get a lot of swinging strikes. And in the last two weeks, the Dodgers are 20th in contact percent in the zone. White Sox bullpen may blow it, so I feel safe taking the first five money line here. White Sox at home. They're getting healthier too. Go on McConaughey's back. Luis Roberts back. So give me. What the are you White getting Sox. at White Sox money line first five? Like minus one hundred five. So okay. the whole game right now they're like plus one ten. Nah, fuck the whole game. Yeah, I don't <laughs> trust the White their, Sox. I don't trust their bullpen outside of Hendricks really. So right, they can't even get to him. Yeah, and even he hasn't been that great this year either. So. I right. like that. Tempers will fucking you know, old days closer, dude. You go somewhere else, and we've already worn your arm out, bro. I tried to tell these White Sox fans, bro. I tried to tell them, dude, don't don't ever sign a, a A's closer, dude. It always ends right. bad. Ever. Bro. It's never worked out. I think the best one was maybe his Ringhausen for like two Houston years Street. in St. Louis. Houston Street was yeah. He we well, had a long career, but he was never dominant. In, oh, and he in, had that uh, good run in Colorado when he went to the World Series with them. Oh right, right. I forgot about that. But yeah, I he like after us, he like str- he struggled in Anaheim, and then he went to Colorado and had that like one good year, and then he was never the same after that. Right, dude. right. He was just done, dude. I mean, fuck. We had uh, Bailey who went off and fucking retired a year later, dude. Basically, yeah, he was never he, he couldn't stay healthy for shit. Nah, dude. yeah, he, nah, was, nah. he was nice. So I like I like Bailey. Grant Belfour never did anything after. And Belfort fucking cost us a series trying to fucking fight uh, Miguel Ordonez. Um, Maglio Ordonez, excuse me. Maglio Ordonez. Let's not bring it up, man. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us tonight. We hope that you uh, took this information and are going to use it for your future bets. Remember, if you lose a bet, which is very normal, make sure to learn from your mistakes and move forward. That's what you got to do. I'm telling you. I've had an extremely another, cold four weeks. Yeah, there's one other thing you got to do to win your next bet. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, you're going to win your next bet. Guaranteed. Like and subscribe to the YouTube, and you will definitely win your next bet. For Mr. Raider Eddie, I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lads, make sure to go to devour.com or download the Devour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. We are out of here. Have a great Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I will be back Sunday night with Big Ball and Ben Larson. So y'all have a great Wednesday. Or I mean uh, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> it's all fucked up. Oh, Eddie, <laughs> by the way, the Live Championship, dude. Yeah, oh, you know what's funny? We didn't I'm even get to talk this. about this, dude. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna bring this up because I even wrote down before we started. Make sure to talk about Phil Mickelson. And here I am. Forgot to talk about Phil Mickelson, dude. Let's talk about him. Yeah, yeah, I, it's smart in my opinion. Like these guys. Like first off, DJ goes over, gets 125 mil just to show up. Right? Doesn't even have to win. Doesn't have to do anything. He's getting paid. And I thought you're playing worse. 
talent and you're already the best player out there, right? So you'll probably win the tournament and win more. So like, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? The PGA Tour, if we want to talk about like an organization that will not change its ways, let's talk about the PGA Tour and they've never had competition. Ever. 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 So this is beautiful in my eyes. Maybe it like creates something. Maybe we can get more players to go over to that tour. Now, I want to always see them play the PGA Tour, but let's be real. How many people are watching golf unless it's a major? I mean, even the majors have been down in ratings. I mean, also, like, I think the biggest thing with the LIV or live tournament, in my opinion, is that they're like paying these golfers to play. So what incentive to, what incentive does it give them to win? Right. I mean, they don't have to. They can go out there and just shit the bed. Because they're getting paid just to show up. Right. And that's very true. But, like, at the same I don't. Th- I think it's going to be more of, like, a... Because uh, golf's, like, an individual sport. You know what I'm saying? So I bet you that's more of, like, a pride thing. Like, he paid me, and I'm going to come over here and dominate here. You know? I don't know. We'll see. We'll this will be... It's interesting, because this has never happened before. First right? events this weekend, right? In London? Yeah, yeah. This weekend. starts. I think it starts tomorrow. That's crazy. No, Friday, I think. I think it's only Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Is it? Okay. So then Friday. But I what how many how many hours are they ahead though? Um yeah. It could start probably when we're in bed or something. Yeah, that's true. All right, y'all. Have a great fucking uh have a great Thursday. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.